The 630 Chad Afternoon News with Jaylen Nye. Weekdays at 2 on 630 Chad. Our Decision Canada coverage continues this afternoon right through until we have an answer this evening. Again, we'll turn it over to the national um, national coverage at 6 o'clock. And you've heard Danielle and uh, Ryan in, in Toronto. They'll be on the panel there tonight. So make sure uh, you're listening throughout the evening right here on 6.30. Ched, just before we get to our next guest, and we're going to talk about fake news in this election, uh, some of your texts I wanted to get to. Uh, again, 6.30, 6.30 is the text line. You can always email me at jlynn at 630ched.com as well. Uh, this one says, I'm not a Trudeau fan. But given the option I have, I voted Liberal. Roddy says, love your show. If Liberals get in, it will create a dysfunctional country. Um, Where Quebec and Alberta are on the brink of divorce. Neil says, I'm hoping to see either the NDP or Liberals so that Kenny has to play nice or lose his mind and get booted. Colton in Boyle, Alberta says, as a young farmer, I'm combining as I speak. And an oil field worker, I'm I'm voting conservative loud and proud. How could anyone vote for any other party with the direction they're going to pull us in? How could we as a country even come close to paying for the promises? It makes me sick. And then this one out of Hay Lakes, Jagmeet Singh caught my attention after the debate when you realize just how weak the other leaders are. He seemed like the only one whose policies didn't completely revolve around blaming the other guy. And this one. Good afternoon. I'm so tired of people voting for the nice guy. Trudeau with his selfies and Singh with being so friendly. It didn't work in high school for student council elections and it won't work for Canada. Keep them coming at 6.30, 6.30. Love hearing from you. Chedville, a new survey on, on uh, Canadian social media users suggests a troubling high number of them. You encounter fake news and racist, homophobic and otherwise offensive content online. The poll found 41% of respondents have found links to current affairs stories that were obviously false. We've seen a few during this election campaign as well. Mario Canseco, the president of Research Co, is behind this survey, joins us now. Hi, Mario. Hi, it's great to be here. It's great to, it's great to have you back on the show. So did this, um, do you think there's more fake news during an election campaign? It's something that definitely has happened in other places. I think we saw it during Brexit in the UK. We saw it in the US election of 2016. Uh, there's definitely more opportunities to engage with a public that isn't probably paying attention to current events uh, at the same rate when mm. there's no election happening. And I think this is one of the reasons for all of these stories uh, to be shared so widely because of the heat of the electoral campaign. It was interesting. My producer just came in and said, oh, look at this story. Apparently there's robocalls going around telling people across the country that voting day is actually tomorrow and uh, not today and telling them to vote tomorrow. It just seems to never stop. Um, so heads up on that one, Chadville. Now, in this survey, uh, Mario, I found it interesting, kind of the age divide when it came to recognizing fake news and reporting fake news. Can we take a look at that? Absolutely. I think that was one of the most eye-catching uh, findings that we had in this particular survey. Uh, the level of um, fake news that is being seen by residents of Canada 18 to 34 is 48%. It drops to 41% with generation actors if you're between the ages of 35 to 54. And it falls to 36% for those uh, over the age of 55. And mm. what's interesting here to me is 
it's not necessarily that they're exposed to different things. It's that uh, the, the, the younger social media user has the tools to know what is real, whereas uh, the over 55s uh, tend to be quite confused, especially now that everybody's been using uh, social media features, WhatsApp messages. Uh, they can get something that seems to be real, that is masquerading as a real story, uh, but the younger residents are the ones who are saying, no, this is not the case. So, and, and, and do you think that's just because they, they've been raised with, um, with you know, being on uh, a computer, uh, like with a computer in their hand pretty much since they were born? <laughs> Absolutely. Yeah. I think that is definitely part of it, uh, especially because, you know, one of the things that we're noticing now is uh, fake news that is being distributed under the guise of a real media organization. Mm. And you can register something, call yourself the Chronicle, the Herald, whatever you want. You can copy the way a website from a reputable organization looks, but use a different URL. And there's people who won't notice it, and they will, you know, swear that they saw something that was happening. Uh, the the idea for this uh, survey came from something that happened in the U.S. when there were websites that were replicating the way the NBC News or the CNN website mm-hmm. looks and sending fake news stories that people believed were true. Hmm, interesting. So, are people reporting this? What are they doing about it? Well, uh, one of the things that we see here is uh, the the younger resident is more likely to say, look, we have to report this. This isn't something that should be happening, Uh, whether it's something that is fake or offensive. uh, They are the ones who are taking the lead on this. Uh, The over 55s are more likely to say, well, maybe this is true. Maybe this isn't true. I'm not going to report it. Uh, So it's an interesting dilemma because a a few years ago, uh, when Facebook was essentially something that was only being done by young people, uh, there was that hesitation from the Facebook user. Oh, you know, I don't know if I want to see mm-hmm. my parents or my siblings here. I don't want them to see all of the pictures and all the things that I've done. And now we've come to the stage where the older generation requires those millennials to have that conversation and to talk about what is real and what isn't. Mario Canseco, the president of Research Co., joining me this afternoon. Um, finding offensive content online is uh, is common. I think it has probably been com- common since um, you know the the, the internet was uh, was developed. But you know we're talking all sorts of different things here as well: racist content uh, and comments on their feet. Homophobic, homophobic content, um, uh, you know, taking uh, taking um, you know shots at people with disabilities as well, and I'm just so sick of that, Mario. Like, I got to be honest with you, I'm just I'm just sick of the negativity online. I'm done. I am with you on this. You know, it, it's a tough situation uh, whenever you have something that has a, a, a media facing aspect. You know, I, I do a, a public opinion research, so I, I usually post my findings on Twitter, and, and sometimes you get this feedback and horrible things, things that you don't want to see. Uh, the blog button works, the mute button works. Mm-hmm. Uh, but I think part of the problem here is we weren't really trained as a society to deal with many of these aspects. Um, and, and I think that's been one of the major problems. You know, anybody can write anything, post anything. It's not going through an editor. It's not going to anybody who's looking at your comments uh, with a sober set of eyes, and I think that's one of the problems. You know, people just get used to just dissing everybody else, and it's definitely not the kind of situation that we want to see. So you did, what did people say about trying to, to make things better? Well, there's a couple of ideas that were definitely popular. One of them is uh, banning anonymous social media accounts and only letting people comment or post if they use their real name and likeness. Yeah. This is supported by 68% of Canadian social media users, 66% in Alberta, so it's definitely something that residents like. 
because um, most of the time what we see is that somebody who doesn't have a face, doesn't have a name, is the one who is commenting on where you came from, how you look, mm -hmm. or the work that you do. And, you know, there's no way to actually have a meaningful conversation when the person on the other side of the social media spectrum uh, doesn't even have a face. Yeah, very true. I thought it was interesting as well because this was um, this came up for discussion uh, earlier this year um, when it comes to politicians and, and, po and politicians, whether or not they should be allowed to to block people from them or, or not. And two-thirds of people surveyed believe politicians should not block users. That doesn't yeah, surprise me. Yeah. It, it was quite impressive because it, sometimes what happens is that politicians can go through the same situation that any other social media user goes, which is somebody replying, you're terrible, we don't like you. It's not going to be conducive to something that is uh, meaningful for debate or that helps uh, specific politicians deal with the issues at their uh, disposal. But um, blocking seems to be a little bit too far. If you are somebody who has uh, a, a specific a, a political career and you're serving uh, people in your community, um, there's 63% of Canadians who say you shouldn't be able to block. If you want to ignore it, fine, ignore it. But don't block people who want to engage with you. Uh, and it's also supported by 60% of Alberta. So it's definitely something that is popular across the country. Mario, I want to thank you for joining me this afternoon. Always great to chat with you. My pleasure. Anytime. Take care. Mario Canseco from uh, Research Co. Um, we're going to take a break here. When we come back, we'll take a deeper dive into fake news and uh, just about, you know, how it's done, how it's developed. Uh, you know, we'll talk about bots, that sort of stuff, and, and the impact that it's having. We'll dial up Andy Burrard. The, uh, he's a tech expert and the contributing author at futurerhythmic.com. In-depth debate. Informed discussion. This is Decision Canada on the Chorus Radio Network. Canada may be known for its landscapes and friendly people, but beneath the surface lies a darker side of crime, history, and the paranormal. Since 2017, the award-winning Dark Poutine podcast has explored the shadowy corners of the Great White North and beyond, delivering chilling tales from a uniquely Canadian perspective. Hosted by Mike Brown and Matthew Stockton with over 300 episodes and fresh releases every Monday, Dark Poutine is your weekly ticket to the creepier side of Canada. Listen to Dark Poutine on Apple, Spotify, Amazon Music, or wherever you get your podcasts.